It is a worry to see how the world is filled with so much evil and hatred. How the children of God are so divided based on ideologies, based on religious beliefs. And we sometimes get angry with the world and sometimes even with God for allowing this to happen. Why does God not crack the whip immediately? Why does God not get in to change the situation? And this raises the question of theodicy. If God is all-loving and all-powerful, why does he allow evil and its consequent suffering to plague the people he claims to love? Our readings today throw more light on why the Lord allows both the righteous and the wicked to continue living together. Our first reading talks about God, the supreme governor of all humanity, is always merciful. He is forbearing, forgiving, and kind. Although he is just, although he is powerful, he is also lenient on the sinner. And I believe if God is going to act out of his justice without mercy, without compassion, probably I will not be standing here today. And I believe you will not be admitted into the pews today. But the Lord is also merciful and he shows forbearance for each one of us. This is what is dramatized by the parables in the gospel today. Jesus highlights the theme of divine forbearance and patience in the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Jesus tells the story of a farmer who sowed good seed, but at night his enemies came to sow weeds among the wheat, probably as a way of denying the farmer of a good harvest. But no, when I was in the high school, I remember one of the simplest definitions of a weed is a plant out of place. So the weed is also a plant. But it's only that it is not needed there. It doesn't mean the weed is useless. The weed is good for something else. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, the weed doesn't play any significant role than to destroy the growth of the community. But we are told that the servants who demanded immediate justice wanted the master to give them the permission to go quickly to uproot the weeds. Let's get rid of that, sir. But the master said, wait, let them grow together. And at harvest time, I will gather all the weeds, bundle them and place them in the fire. And the wheat I will gather and put 
in my barn. That is the difference. So the master is saying that in your attempt to approve the weeds, you might accidentally approve the wheat as well. And that is what happens. We live in the world where we all be, behave like these servants. We want instant justice. At times we don't even know the full story, yet we make judgments on people. When two or three people gather together, a third or a fourth person is in trouble because we are gossiping about the person and saying all kinds of things that we are not certainly sure of. I believe in our world today, there are people who have been thrown to jail for 20, 35, 40, 45 years. Some have been even executed for crimes they never committed. And it's interesting that some of us Catholics and Christians who are strong defendants of pro-life, who are strongly against abortion, which is right, I admire them, are some of these people also supporting the life penalty, the death penalty, as if that is not also life that is being lost. We want to pay back people in their own coin, and today scientific evidence and DNA have proven a number of people innocent. Meanwhile, all their youthful times have been wasted in prison. And only God knows how many of these have been killed. Today, Jesus is saying, let the wicked and the righteous grow together. You know, when I was a kid, I saw my father. He was, he was working for uh, the World Bank, the cocoa growing project, you know, cocoa production uh, division, that's how they called it. And I remember that some of the ladies who were called the pollinators would go and pollinate, taking the pollen from the anther uh, of, 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 of a flower and transferring that onto the stigma of another to boost production. I also saw the bandit who would cut and graft something else, and then it would take up that form. Cloning was happening there. And I believe that instead of condemning people, I believe that instead of wishing them dead or God striking them down, if we can become the pollen from the good flower, to be transmitted to the other, the church will grow. And Christianity and the kingdom of God will grow. Dearly beloved, we know well that wheat cannot become wheat. Wheat could not change its nature, but the sinner can change his or her ways. And God gives him or her every chance and every help to do this up to his or her last moment in life. 
Indeed, if God is to weed out all the bad and leave only the good, I believe no one will be left in the world because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to St. Paul in Romans 3, 23. And the psalmist also say, If you, O Lord, should mark our guilt, Lord, who would survive? But with you is found forgiveness. For this we revere you. Psalm 129. We all stand in need of God's mercy and forgiveness. And that is why God governs us with great leniency. He makes allowances for our weaknesses. He sees our most secret thoughts and desires and often finds something that is good, something that is true, and something that is right in us. People might see you a condemned sinner, but God might see you a potential saint. As long as your heart is not totally evil, God is ready to go on hoping and wanting that you will one day change and come back to you. We are not really evil, but we are only weak people. And at times, we are stubborn, but God will wait for us. No matter how long, it takes. God does not treat any one of us as we deserve, but he hopes and waits for us to change. Saints are not made in a day. I don't think our patron St. Augustine became a saint one day. It's a process. And if Saul became Paul, Saul did not become Paul just a day. Mary Magdalene could not become a beloved disciple of Jesus only overnight. It takes time. And God steers each one of us from within, helping us to become saint. And I believe the best definition of the church is a group of sinners who have been called to cooperate with the grace of Christ to become saints. We are not living saints, but we can become saints if only we cooperate with the grace of God. The saints we honor and adore had their struggles. They had their weaknesses. They had their temperaments. But they persevere in the grace of God to the end. And if Saul could become poor, if Augustine could become our patron saint, if Mary Magdalene could become so loving to Jesus, you will become a loving friend of Jesus. Dearly beloved, even if you presume to be a weed, Jesus loves you no matter what. God will not exclude you from heaven because of the sins you have committed, but because your pride and stubbornness prevent you from repentance of these sins while you have the opportunity, while you grow with the wheat. 
God is giving you the privilege of repentance. So please do not allow this opportunity to slip by. In fact, if you do not go to heaven, please do not blame Jesus. At some point in time, it's going to be the harvest time. And at that time, it might be too late. Now is the hour. Today, if you hear his word, harden not your heart. He is ready to receive you. He is ready to welcome the sinner like the prodigal son. Come on, don't ever believe that you are abandoned by the Lord and that because of your sins you are down, going into the, the, the drain. No, you are precious in the eyes of God because Jesus sees in you a potential saint. For those of us who believe we are weak, let us from today try to imitate the patience that God shows in dealing with our sinners. While we must not approve of their evil deeds or of their sins, we must still look on them as our brothers and our sisters and do all in our power to put them back on the road to heaven. We can do so by welcoming them and by our fervent prayers for their conversion. In fact, the time that we spend in gossiping about the faults of others could be made very useful if we can take just a fraction of that to pray for them. That can change a soul. Dearly beloved, this is not to say that it is going to be easy but we can be certain that God will give us the necessary grace and strength to, to subdue our natural weaknesses and aversions if we try to act with charity and true brotherly interest toward our erring fellow. How do you see your husband? How do you see your wife? How do you see your co-workers? And even how do you see Father Godfrey? How do you see the one sitting in the pew with you? Are you seeing him or her as the weed or part of the wheat? Let us not prejudge, but leave that into the hands of God. May God bless all of us. Amen. Amen.